0: All episodes of the Real Women in Business podcast reflect the opinions and views of the guest and Cass McCrory and do not reflect official policy or position of employers or clients. Thank you. You're listening to the Real Women in Business podcast. I'm your host, Cass McCrory, and in this podcast, we highlight women in all kinds of businesses. For yourself, someone else, full time, part time, overtime hustle, Together, we will learn from and with one another, and if we get it right, it'll lift us all. Let's get into it. Friends, today we're talking to Carly Tizano. She is a New Year's resolution coach, and before you're like, wait a second, do I need to check the calendar? It is not January, friends, but this is not just work that we need to do in January, because If you were anything like me, I was firmly against all plan-making, goal-setting in January because 2020 has taught me some things about what not to plan for. I love this episode with Carly, and there's one, there's a gem in the midst of this episode, and I want to just bring it right up to the top here. The new list that we're going to be creating in every to-do list that we have, is the Tada list. Love this concept. Let's get into it. Carly, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'd love to hear from you about who you are and what
1: you do in the world. Yeah, so I'm Carly Tizano. I am a New Year's resolution coach. I help women figure out the tools and tips and tricks and tactics they need to keep their resolutions this year and every year. Um, And my goal is really to help them feel supported every day along the way.
0: I love that. Um, I am a big fan of any milestone that helps us reevaluate where we're headed and how we want to do it. Like that is so in alignment. When you say you're a New Year's resolution coach, are you only working with people at the beginning of the year or how does this work?
1: I primarily work with people kind of for the whole year. Um, I like to take it as the chunk as a whole, because that's really the entire idea behind resolutions. I will have people come to me throughout the year when they realize in March, I really haven't started making progress on those things I wanted to do. And so then we'll just pick up there and keep going. Um, I do like kind of the longer term relationships, though, because I think it's in that long term um, container that we really build those skills that we need to keep our resolutions and reach all of our other big goals, whether they're technically in the form of resolutions or just goals in general. Yeah.
0: I'm curious what you see
1: as some common big goals. There's, I mean, there's so many. They're as varied as the people yeah. who set them. Um, some of the most common resolutions that people set are things like um, saving more money, reading more books, um, writing a book, exercising more, eating healthier. They tend to be really ethereal in terms of what they are. And then of course, everyone kind of tweaks them in their own specific way, hopefully to make them more specific since that makes them so much easier to keep. But those are kind of the general big categories that people tend to set that their resolutions or big goals fall into.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like in terms of my goals and where I'm always evaluating, it's like, how can I make my physical person better? How can I make my mental state better? How can I make my
1: professional life better? Yeah, And where do we make the biggest mistakes? Well, the first I think is not to set goals at all. Of course, I don't think that's the case with your audience, but there is a large demographic of people out there who they know they want things, but they haven't really taken the extra time to identify what those things are. The next biggest mistake for those of us who do set the big goals and we have the big dreams of the things that we want to accomplish, we tend to push them off or push them aside and tend to get kind of entrenched in the other aspects of our daily life instead of keeping our goals and our resolutions and the things we want kind of at the forefront. It's when we can kind of push them aside and ignore them or they fall to the back burner that we aren't making the progress on them that we want to. And that's what happens so often with resolutions by March or June or August. People have just kind of forgotten that they set them and they've gotten overwhelmed by everything else that's going on that they just don't really make progress on those things that they want.
0: Yeah. I feel like this past year has been such a teacher and just reevaluating how much you can invest in different areas of your life. Because in some level, we've all been in a survival mode at Mm -hmm. some level. And being realistic and kind and compassionate about what you can do is so critical because I've never
1: achieved a goal by hating on myself. Yeah, that's so true. And because the goal is we want to achieve a goal because of how we think we're gonna feel when we get there. But so often we hate on ourselves and beat ourselves up for all the failures along the way, all the missed days in our calendar, instead of loving ourselves and building those skills of self-confidence and self-trust all along the way, But then we somehow hope that we're gonna reach the end and have those skills and feel that way about ourselves, And it really just doesn't add up. And instead when we can bring those qualities and those aspects and those characteristics along with us and continue to grow and nurture them all along the way, that's when when we reach the goal that we really have something to celebrate. And then we have all those skills to use as we go on to our next goal, whatever that may be.
0: Yeah, I love this. I wanna dig into that a little bit more because I think a lot of women that are listening to this, they're accomplished, right? They've, oh, yeah. they've gotten some of these goals, they've nailed it. And there's something that happens after you actually reach a goal. And it's a little bit of listlessness in my experience mm-hmm. where you're like, well, I guess now what? Yeah. How do you yeah, suggest s- people be in that space?
1: I I'd call that moment, the click. It's the moment when like you've been working towards something that's really big and prestigious and you're going to be so excited when you get there. And then you have that click moment where it just kind of becomes inevitable. Like, you know, you're going to get there. It's when you're on mile 25 or when you've written the book and you're starting the last chapter, like you just know it's inevitable that you're going to get there. And pretty much all of those big successes are made up of so many tiny ones all along the way that we feel like it's just, it's nothing now that we're here. And that's why another reason why I love resolution so much is because I love how strongly they're correlated with like fireworks and champagne and confetti. And I think that celebration is such a crucial part to the goal setting process and the goal achievement process. And so that's why I think resolutions tie in so nicely with that. And so I try to work really hard with my clients to celebrate all of those little steps along the way and also the celebration at the end. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes we don't feel like we've earned it even though we clearly have because we just got to this place that we've wanted to be at for so long. Uh, But by building the skill of celebration, because I do believe that that's one of those skills that we get to build. When we finally get there, we've kind of built it up and we can take that time to honor the growth that we've had, to honor the thing that we've accomplished. And it goes back to what we were talking about before, because when we set out to achieve that big goal, we think, oh, I'm going to celebrate that so hard when I get there. It's going to be so, so amazing. And then we get there and it's nothing. And so we aren't honoring that part of ourselves that really wanted this thing and put in all of the hard work to get there. And so then when we set the next goal, we have that little sense of doubt in the back of our mind. that's like, well, the last one wasn't that great. I mean, we did it, but it wasn't really that exciting. So yeah. when we celebrate all along the way and take the time and space to celebrate our big goals when we get there, we're again, building that foundation for the next one.
0: I love that. You know, in a previous episode with um, Briar Doherty, we talked about the tiny wins. And like Mm -hmm. the importance of celebrating those tiny wins. And one of the things that I was like both delighted and saddened by was the number of people that were like, oh yes, I totally celebrate my tiny wins. And the number of people that reached out to me and they're like, I have no idea how to do this. Mm. How do we celebrate both the big wins and the little wins? Like, How do we build that muscle? And I mean really tactically, Carly, because like, yeah, Mm -hmm. we just simply don't know what to do, especially if it's like, I think this is part of my, the lens that I'm looking at things through right now is not everything is a champagne moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some of so it's just get? like a little bit of confetti. Like you just need to reach in your pocket and like throw a little bit out there. <laughs> I totally get that. And it really is like for the little wins, obviously you're not going to pop the Dom Perignon or whatever. So It's about, again, building that relationship with yourself. And so sometimes it literally just looks like smiling to yourself and putting your hand on your heart and saying, good job, or giving yourself a pat on the back, literally or metaphorically, whatever works for you. Some people like to hold their arms up in the air and go, yes, I did it. Whatever it may be, everyone kind of has different things that resonate differently with them, something that'll feel really good. And so you may even look back in your life. What was something that you did that maybe you didn't think you could do? Probably something small. How did you react in that moment when you were... Kind of shocked and oppressed at yourself and what did you, what did you do in your brain and in your body that generated that feeling for you and how maybe can you bring that today when you finish your workout it's in those little moments of yes you worked out today or yes you worked on the next chapter of your, your book or yes you just picked up that book that's sitting on your bedside table those are the small wins that we can celebrate in the small ways in our own brain or maybe physically as you pat yourself on the back And then as we build up to the bigger wins that maybe you are going to pop the champagne for, or maybe you are going to go out to dinner for, you can set those up in advance to know, oh, when I hit this milestone, this is what I'm going to do, to have that to look forward to. There are some things to be aware of, though, when it comes to celebration, and that if you're trying to lose weight, then the celebration probably isn't going to be to go buy a triple-decker chocolate cake. That's not really going to be in line with what you want overall. And so to make sure that the rewards that you're giving yourselves are pulling you either deeper into what you want. Like if you run a marathon, maybe you get to buy some new running shoes. That would be a reward that would pull you deeper into that habit that you want, that skill that you want. Or to just have it be kind of like unrelated to that thing. Maybe you go for a picnic when you finish the marathon and having those celebrations to look forward to and to know that you will celebrate when you get there, it makes the whole process so much more fun.
0: Absolutely. I think, you know, as you're talking about this, I realized that I actually do have a little bit of a ritual going on right now where it's like, oh, I have a win and I immediately put on all I do is win. Oh, I love that. See, that's perfect. And it's like, okay, this is great. So now I have this handshake in my celebration because what I realized pretty recently, like within the last month and a half was that I was getting these wins. And then I moved immediately into, oh my gosh, how am I going to do all of this? Hmm. And I moved into the fear response to getting to that next level instead of actually celebrating the thing that I actually really wanted. And I am more than equipped to handle.
1: Yeah. That's so interesting.
0: All right. Mm -hmm. I love this idea of establishing what your wins are, how you're going to celebrate them, and then giving yourself, like, here's my expectation. I'm going to get to you know, 50 workouts, and then I'm going to treat myself to the Peloton shirt or whatever it might be, right? Like, I love that idea of setting that up in advance. If somebody, you know, they're listening to this, it's mid-June, they did not set resolutions back in January because who even knew what this was going to look like,
1: (laughs) right? right? (laughs) What do they do now? Well, you can always set resolutions. Of course, as a new year's resolution coach, I love January 1st is being like, this is when we're starting. I really, I personally don't set goals really any other time during the year than January 1st. That's when I figure out what I want and I just take the year to accomplish it, but it's never too late. You can set your goal today. You can wait till July 1st and use the start of the new quarter. You can decide to start then there really is no wrong answer particularly if you have something in the back of your mind that's saying, oh yeah, that's the thing that I really wanted to do this year. I didn't set it as a resolution. Maybe it's not even quite a goal yet, but I do know that that's something that I want to achieve or accomplish or work towards. If you have one of those things, then it's absolutely worth taking some time to decide either right now, I'm gonna start working on this or on X date in the not too distant future, I'm gonna start making progress because you're gonna get to December 31st either way, whether you start working on your goal or not. And you're probably on December 31st going to be much more proud and excited with yourself if you've either completed it or made some progress on the way there.
0: Yeah. Some progress is always better than no progress. Yeah. Tell me about the role of a New Year's resolution coach in this and why somebody would say, oh, I actually do need some accountability and some support.
1: Yeah. I think there's a lot of power in coaching in general as having that person who's kind of outside of our brain to help us figure out what are the things that we're thinking and feeling and doing? How are those things, some of them at least standing in our way? And what do we need to be thinking, feeling, and doing instead to start getting the results that we want in our life? So that's kind of what the role that a coach plays. Um, And I know for me, a lot of my clients, they come to me and either they have set the same resolutions every year and they really haven't made the progress on them, even though every January 1st, they say, this is what I'm going to do. Or they have this sense that if I could just achieve this one thing in my life then I could achieve anything else. Like the possibilities are just endless. And so it's just kind of this one like roadblock that they feel they can't get past. And so they need, know that they need a little bit of external help to kind of get them over that and started down the road. And then to explore all those other possibilities that they now feel like they can't. So that's yeah. kind of the role that I play with my clients is helping them determine what they want, how to get there, and then helping them every step along the way.
0: I find that coaches as a whole, like practitioners as coaches is so helpful because as women, we, you know, a portion of us at least are our external processors, where Mm. having a somebody else that is there, it is easy to feel like you are being a burden to another human being. So like, if you are leaning on your friends as coaches, it's easy to feel like, oh, I don't want to bother that person. But when you are contributing to somebody's livelihood and you are getting supported in the process, that coaching relationship feels incredible.
1: Mm
0: Do you have a coach?
1: I do. I work with a coach. I absolutely love her. Um, I don't know what I would do without her. We all need that support in different ways. I mean, in different areas, some people like they may have a business, but maybe they really need to work on their relationship and they work with a relationship coach. So we maybe aren't working on all aspects of all of our lives all the time. But I absolutely have a coach. And yeah, I don't know what I would do without her.
0: I feel the same way. I feel like anybody, and I always ask that question, and, and I would have cut it, honestly, if you had said, no, I don't have a coach. Cause I was never like, put somebody on the spot and be like, <laughs> well, I think you're a giant hack. But the truth is, if you're a coach and you aren't supporting another coach, if you're not doing that work with somebody else, then I just don't feel like you have the perspective of being in the hot seat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you're not on your own journey, what business do you have helping somebody get on theirs?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And not just through coaching. I mean, investing in yourself through taking online courses or reading books. There's so yeah. many ways that as coaches and women, we can continually be learning and up-leveling and becoming that next best version of ourselves. But you're right. Like if you don't know what it's like to sit on the other side of the Zoom screen, then you have some other things you need to work on and do because you get out of everything what you put into it. And so when you are investing in yourself through coaching you are so much better able to help your clients do the same.
0: Absolutely. And that's also true to the New Year's resolutions. Like you're going to get yeah. out of it what you put into it. And having a little bit more heat on the subject in terms of third-party coaching that's going to hold you accountable, that's going to be helpful.
1: Yeah, it's so true. I, I offer unlimited access to my clients to me because it's not just the days that we have sessions that people have struggles. Like they on a Thursday night when they see the chocolate cake on the counter, like they need some help then too. But it's so interesting to see that the more my clients utilize that skill, the faster they progress. Like when they are talking to me on Thursday night or Saturday morning or whenever something comes up there, it shows that they're continually thinking on about their goals and continually making progress and taking those tiny steps every day. And that's what builds up to the big wins and the big successes over time.
0: Yeah. I love that. One of the things that I do regularly is I collect wins. Like if I'm starting to feel like I'm not quite in alignment with my work or I'm showing up, I start to collect those wins. And it can look like a gratitude list. It can look like, you know, a little silly, but it is everything from, boy, I nailed my bulletproof coffee today to um, I successfully drank a glass of water at lunch. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't always have to be big things, but collecting those wins helps me to feel like, it's kind of like, um, if you're a to-do list person, and a lot of people that listen to this are to-do list people, you know, sometimes you'll write something down that you just did, so then you get to cross it off, it's that sickness, it's that, it's good, right, but it just helps you feel acknowledged.
1: Yeah, I've heard the idea of the to-do list, where you write down all the things that you've done, or that you're so proud of, because it's kind of like the opposite of... This is all the things I've achieved and accomplished. And if that's the way that you choose to celebrate the things that you've accomplished by writing it down on a list, like that could be the way that you celebrate and honor your tiny wins.
0: The ta list. That is my new favorite thing.
1: (laughs) Oh, good. Yeah, you have your to-do list in one hand and your ta list in the other.
0: I love that. I mean, and I just feel like there's so much magic in that that I just, I love it. I love it. Oh, Carly, I love this conversation. I want to ask, is there anything that you really wanted to touch on today that we didn't get into?
1: I did. I kind of had in my mind that I needed to say something about figuring out the path that works best for you. When I was first starting my business, like I was involved in lots of courses and programs trying to figure out, of course, the best and most efficient and effective way to do this. And I remember a lot of people would give like a particular formula, like you need to have this form that people fill out and then you need to get on the phone and then you need to do a consult and like all these specific things. And there were just particular pieces of the process where I was like, "Mm, no, I don't wanna do that. That's not in line with the life that I want or the business that I want. And so to be able to give myself the permission to just hack those parts out of the process completely and to still have the complete trust in myself, and my business, in the, my process, that it would still work completely fine. Even if these experts were telling me that I needed to include this particular piece, if I didn't want to, it wasn't going to work for me. And so whether you have resolutions <clears throat> or you're just setting big goals in general, whatever it may be, someone may come alongside you and say, oh, this is the way you need to do it. This is These are the particular steps you need to follow. But if it's not working for you or you don't want it to work for you or you want to do something completely different, give yourself the permission and the space to do that. Like drop. I mean, very true. Yeah, so if you don't want to set resolutions, don't. But if you do, and I think they're very powerful, then do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that the truth is, is that so many of these systems, you know, this worked for me, do it the way that I did it. It is preconception, this preconceived notion, really, that we are the same, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of like, it's the same irritation I feel when people say Beyonce and I have the same 24 hours. We do not. Okay. I do not have six and help. Mm-hmm. Beyonce and I are not working in the same space, time continuum. You know, yeah, Beyonce's you have the same a woman, bank account. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. She is a boss. I am in awe. Like yeah. I will, I will dance very hard to everything that she ever does. Like I am here for it, but mm-hmm. we are not the same in the same way that I am not the same as some other thought leader. I'm not the same as some other course creator or some other coach. And so me thinking that I can do it exactly their way is like me going into their closet and assuming their jeans are going to fit me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that way of thinking about it. And that's where the power is in what all of us do yes. in our homes, in our lives, in our businesses to create our own unique twist on all the things that we've learned and brought together. And that's why we can serve our clients and our people so well because we are us and we do things our way. Yes.
0: And what's making you, you know, magnetic and a draw for somebody, it is not going to be the things that you are just like so-and-so. They're gonna be the things where you are only in uniquely yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I've got a lightning round of questions before we get into it. Carly, where can people find you
1: online? I am pretty much everywhere across all platforms at Carly Tizano. Um, And at carlytisano.com. Awesome.
0: What is the go-to song when you need to up your energy?
1: Uh, That's got to be Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. What time do you wake up? 6.30. What's breakfast look like? I normally skip breakfast, but cinnamon rolls are my weakness. So I'll always go for cinnamon rolls if they're available.
0: Do you have a favorite ritual?
1: I have to say moving my body in some way every day. It's got to be one of the most grounding things that I do for myself, Um, creating that time and space to move my body and kind of calm my mind gives me what I need to do everything else. Coffee or tea? Tea. Morning person or night owl?
0: Morning person. A book you've given or recommended the most?
1: Uh, The book I recommend the most is The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin.
0: I love Gretchen. So good. (laughs) My last question is, what are you doing imperfectly, but with great joy?
1: I am working on finishing my first book. Um, That's one of my resolutions and goals that I've been working on. So it's certainly imperfect. Um, I'm at the point where I'm just finished actually writing it. It's fully written. I just need to go back and start editing. So I'm ready to face all of the imperfections and now to edit imperfectly. But it's been such a fun project to work on and celebrating all of my successes all along the way, celebrating now that it's done. And I'm excited to celebrate when the edit is done too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Carly, I love this time. Thanks for sharing your insights around New Year's resolutions and really just enabling us to step into achieving what we want and celebrating along the way.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a joy.